The opinions expressed on this webmasterradio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of webmasterradio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, May the 5th, Cinco de Mayo, 2011. It is the top of the hour. Um, I'm in beautiful, sunny Toronto, Ontario. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, who is in what I'm hoping is beautiful, sunny Victoria, B.C. Dave, how you doing today? You know what? I really, uh, I really can't complain. It is a beautiful and sunny, uh, sunny day today. It is a fantastic day for uh, those of us that are too pale for it uh, to be uh, in our blacked-out, windowless offices. But <laughs> which is exactly how I'm spending my day. Um, you know yeah, what? gorgeous your blacked-out window, windowless uh, office is actually pretty cool. I, I like your office layout. Your uh... <laughs> I really, I really like it. I like it much better than the other offices that you and I have worked in together, as far as layout goes. At any rate, it's a good layout. Yeah, I, I, uh, I can't complain. Um, all right. Wait, I mean, there's there's things to cover. There's lots to do. Uh, we've got a, a, a great guest coming up. So, uh, where to begin? Well, uh, first off, we're going to be joined by um, actually, it's kind of like my business partner, Alan Kanek. And the reason Alan's joining us later on uh, towards the uh, bottom of the hour is he's the first person that I know of that has actually come across Google Voice Search out there in the wild. He's seeing it appear in his search results and is now, you know, now testing it out. And uh, I'm really curious what his experience was. So uh, when he, when he uh, emailed me, I am me this morning saying I've come across Google Voice Search. Have you seen it? What do you think? Well, I didn't know what to say back to him, but it occurred to me that this is something that everyone, especially mobile users, is going to be really interested in, and I want to share Alan's experience with the with the audience. But before we get into that, we have some. Well, it's been a it's been a very active news week, hasn't it? You know that. Let's pretend that should be surprising, but let's be honest. We uh, we say that uh, probably more often than we don't these days. Well, that's um, true, but, okay, our number one, the number one news event this week, overshadowing everything. On Sunday, yeah. President Obama goes on television. It was around, it was around 11.30 Eastern Time, 8.30 Pacific Time. The Twitterverse is going crazy. Facebook newsfeed going nuts. TV stations breathlessly speculating what can the president have to say to us on a national security uh, uh, national security alert. They got him. They got Bin Laden. And again, the world goes crazy. America goes crazy. It's a total party night in the United States of America. And... 
there's not a lot to say that hasn't already been said. I don't want to get into an analysis of, you know, is this the right or was it the right or wrong method? Where's the pictures? All that sort of stuff. A 10-year nightmare, a boogeyman has been slayed. And I um, just want to say, uh, on behalf of myself, and I'm, you know, I suspect on behalf of, uh, of you as well, Dave, um, congratulations to uh, the Navy SEALs. Congratulations to the Obama administration. And rotten hell, you son of a bitch, Osama bin Laden. I take no pleasure in the idea that anyone died, but I gotta say, I'm uh, I'm pleased that this man no longer walks the earth. Yeah, I mean, I, I think both you and I, you and I, can agree that the catharsis this provides is uh, is excellent and necessary, and and, and allows for that. Uh, um, you know, sort of, sort of moving forward into a, into a, a hopefully different era, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 it's examples like this that, on the surface, I may oppose things like capital punishment, but then you see these sorts of, uh, you know, these sorts of events and go, yeah, but this was necessary, right? Okay, where do you draw the line? Don't care. It's not up to me to debate right now. Um, it was necessary. It is good, um, and uh, and and hopefully this this ushers in a, a new era for us now, and, and, and we can, uh, you know, hopefully move on. And, and I know a lot of the victims of the 9-11 attacks will, will certainly be able to take some solace in this and, and move forward. And really, it's for them that I think um, that, this, uh, that this event really really provides that, that sort of closure. So uh, wonderful, um, obviously, uh, as you did, uh, large congratulations to, uh, to both the, the SEAL the SEAL team and the Obama administration for, for managing to pull this together, making what could have been um, abysmal failure choices, but that's that's what a solid administration has to do, right? You need to make those tough decisions. Kennedy did it, for sure, um, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Big decisions were made. Um, it went really, uh, it went the way that it was supposed to. Um, it was a fairly clean exercise, and, uh, you know, it, what, what needed to be done was done. Um, a little tangent for our show, not really on uh, on tech, but but definitely uh, you know something worth noting. And so, um, yeah, well done. It, it had to be mentioned, and one of the reasons I want to bring it up is um, the way the Twitterverse reacted and the way Google News reacted. And while I don't really want to get into the deep analysis of how the Twitterverse and Google News reacted, uh, I I would like to refer people over to Search Engine Land. To look at Danny Sullivan's analysis, and you'd have to go back to Monday and Tuesday's versions of Search Engine Land, but seriously, check it out. Danny did some phenomenal analysis of how the internet and social media is now actually driving the news cycle, and this was just a, a seminal event that pushes the internet and uh you know brings out the the strongest in people's commentary and just the sheer volume of communication people wanted to do upon hearing the news but it also brought out something else and this is something i do want us to touch on because i'm really mad about it facebook spam with three exclamation marks afterwards facebook spam o m f n g how many Dave? In your Facebook stream, how much crap have you received saying, you know, 
click on here to get the death pictures, or click on here to get live or to get live recorded video from the scene. I know you're smart enough not to have clicked, but you must have seen the messaging. Um, I have seen some. It was actually more brought to my attention. I, I, I don't know how. It's, it's one of these, you know, I don't know, happy coincidences for me. For some reason, mine has, has remained more or less clean. I've only had, I think, two in the last week um, spam you know, sort of messages come through on Facebook, um, which I, I know is, is, is quite low. Um, one of my children, however, um, has had just a, an absolute lot of the stuff um and so i I have seen it's funny where i've seen more about what (laughs) what people are are talking about um rather than experiencing it directly i know that's just a coincidence of of you know who happen to have um and stuff like that there's definitely um you know some some big um you know obviously some big 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 problems so um i i don't know what they're going to do um you know to, to stop this from happening um, if you have any thoughts, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're, they'll be all ears. Um, but yeah, I mean, how, how do you how do you stop something like this? From, from well, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. But I do know that Facebook has to jump on this right now. This is, I think, should be the priority number one. Because people's information is being desperately compromised. And, yeah. you know, to all the listeners out there, for the record, there is no way to predict what you're going to look like in 20 years. There are no videos of Bin Laden's death circulating around the web. And furthermore, clicking on a link to a video of a 16-year-old girl whose father walked in on her during a cybersex session makes you a potential pedophile. Don't click on these things. Oh, it makes me mad. And it makes me mad that the spammers come out in Legion when, uh, when something major happens and makes me even angrier that Internet users haven't got the message yet. We are responsible as individual users for Internet security. You can't depend on um, Panda systems. You can't depend on Norton. You can't depend on McAfee, although you should use, you know, use all these systems to protect yourself. But at the start and the end of the user session, it's up to you to exercise diligence and caution when you're on the web. And, friends, that, again, clicking on a sexual, on what appears to be a sexual video of a 13-year-old girl, that makes you a pedophile. Don't do it. Oh, anyway, okay, I'm down off the rant, I'm down off the rant mountain, but Facebook, figure it out. This is one of the biggest challenges to your existence because people are going to get sick of you. Well, you're right. I mean, this is, this is the thing that could, that could, I mean, you know, at the same time, they could argue, well, it didn't bring down email, still using yours, which we all are, of course. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, this, this is not quite as necessary as email. Email is our core communications tool. We do need um, you know, something to be fixed. How do they go about doing that? You know, I don't know. I mean, there, there's annoyances they could put up, you know, make me change my information every two weeks, you know, make me, you know, all of that sort of stuff that, that could help protect, um, you know, protect the, them from this, these sorts of sorts of issues. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I don't know if they'll come up with a with a perfect solution. I, unfortunately, there, there, I don't think really is a perfect solution here as long as people don't protect their own data, which they won't. I mean, you... 
you know, even you and I, I mean, if we look at our entire the, the security measures that we take, can probably find holes. Usually more into data I don't consider to be absolutely mandatory, like critical to, to my business function. Um, you know, there I get a little more uh, concerned. Um, but if you look at things like, well, I guess Facebook's a, a bad example, and I won't list off the examples in my life where I could go, you know, and, and looking, if I really want to pinpoint it, here's where I'm a little lackluster on security. No key issues, but, yeah, could you annoy my friends a little bit if you found this out? Yeah, probably, and most people are treating their Facebook like that. Most people are treating um, you know, a lot of their their areas because they're personal they're not business i use facebook for business so yeah i might treat these things a, a little more uh, you know with, with a little more caution but if you don't if you're my father-in-law well, this isn't business right i mean do you really care you know you, somebody you could watch me punching it in on my iphone if they really wanted to um so i mean you know you know it, it'll there'll never be a perfect solution here but um, hopefully they can come up with some detection that sort of goes, well, you've already sent one, right? You've already sent two. Or, or you know, just limit me to how many messages I can send every hour, and there we are. I mean, at least it will restrict, not ruin, but restrict. And if it can make it unprofitable, then. Uh, well, indeed. And, you know, um, there is no perfect system. There is no uh, perfect security system, especially for something as dynamic and, and open as Facebook. But as my good friend and former Boy Scout buddy Rick Bain knows, and proved when we were 16 years old, time and time again, any system has holes in it and can be exploited. Right. Um, I mentioned very, Rick very Bain true. because he's on Facebook right now messaging me that he's listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Rick. Um, okay, uh, let's move point on. I just wanted to bring up, while we're talking on social media, and, and before we move on, I know we've got a, a lot yeah, of yeah. great shows, but um, as, as you know, those of us uh, up uh, above the 49th, well, I guess you're below the 49th, and so am I technically, but those of us up in Canada on Monday had our, uh, our, our national election. We won't get into the results. I don't really care. Let's, let's you know, Boo getting away from the politics. A f- safe to say a fairly major shift in the way our parliament is going to look like, back to a majority government, um, you know, with, with, with some shuffling in, in and of the parties. The only congratulations I'll give is, is to Elizabeth May, the one Green Party uh, member who got in, and that's only because I don't think I know anybody who has worked harder for a single seat in the entire history of Canadian politics um, than, than her. So congratulations there. But um, one of the things that they found really, really interesting um, was going back and looking at what was happening on Twitter because, uh, well, the NDP was not doing uh, particularly well up until the debates and then after, and they went back and started looking at the social media trends um, pre and post um, the debates uh, and, and then in the subsequent weeks and basically found, interestingly to, to, to my eyes anyway, that as they charted it, basically if the polls had never existed, and all they did was track social media um, and, and, and the use of social media by percentages, they would have actually had more accurate data than the polls in what actually happened at the end. Um, and that social media has become such a, a, an oddly um, honest reflection of what the general population is doing. Now, the thing I find really, really interesting about that is we have so many parties, um, and each party attracts so many different um, individual groups um, but then to find that, that, it, that this homogenous kind of blending of social media in there and that social media seems to have give or take, uh, and this is how I'm viewing it anyway, 
um, such a, a broad scope where you know people who are, are have a have a tendency to uh, to support the Conservative Party are different than the Greens, are different than the NDP, are different than the Liberals and the blockade and you know this and that. Um, but then to find that more or less social media was an accurate reflection by percentage of the the overall distribution um, of parties and and support. I found that really, really interesting because I would have guessed if I went in ahead, and and I'm wondering if you did too, I would have guessed that the Greens would have been enormously disproportionate because they're all very active and and activists. NDP coming in second um, with probably the, the Conservatives and Liberals um, coming in at the very end, even, you know, maybe a, the, the block coming in ahead, but to find no, in fact, it was fairly homogenous across the board and that there was about equal representation. And if they watched social media, they would have found um, that they could have very, very accurately predicted the outcome of the election. That I found really, really interesting. Well, one of the things I find about Twitter is it's the greatest brain dump in existence. People mm-hmm. tweet what they think. And it's just off the top of the, it's off the cuff, off the top of their heads. And you've had, you've had pollsters call you before, and they ask, you know, every pollster is hired by somebody. And that somebody has a specific interest in mind. And mm-hmm. so, you know, having worked as a pollster in the past, I know that uh, pollsters phrase questions in a specific way. Not necessarily to juice the outcome of the questions, but because this is what their employer wants to know. And that bias always comes through in the way the questions are phrased. Sometimes polls are even used to present a bias to the, to, to the person being polled and right. bounce it off them. Twitter, on the other hand, is just people talking, just getting, getting whatever's on their mind on the keyboard and onto the, uh, out into the public realm. So I think it's a far more, as you say, it's a, it's a way more accurate reflection of the mood of the electorate. And, and you're absolutely right. The, uh, had the polling firms in Canada been paying attention to the social media, they'd have had a far more accurate prediction of, of the eventual outcome. Um, Indeed. You know, Indeed. Well, you know, one of the things like that it has right? as, a, as a very strong... Um, like, what's significantly to its advantage is that it is so far... Reaching. I mean, you look at the the polls, plus or minus three percent accuracy, but it's only of about twenty five hundred people. So it's accuracy by group uh, or, yes. or by uh, by province and by you know by artists, sampling by ridings. Um, it goes goes to crap. But social media didn't, and that's where they really could have started to do the prediction. Is they knew they they can find out where you're from. I mean, if you wanted to research further down, they did it on a micro level and sort of went, okay, and we can assume that's going to happen globally. Um, but but there's so much more data presented to you that now you can actually go and in this region it's going to go this way. You know, I mean, interesting during say the the, the presidential uh, elections coming up where they would actually be able to look at individual states, um, you know, and, and and pull more data. And you know, they're going to now. Uh, oh, absolutely. I think I think you know, Canada the Canadian election showed with. that uh, Twitter results are a very accurate reflection of what people think. Um, the American election is going to be where the polling companies and the political parties themselves perfect methods of making accurate future trending predictions. Um, you know, we're at 20 minutes after the hour already. We have a guest who's going to be coming up towards the bottom of the hour and a whole bunch of new stuff to cover. And I'm getting poked, so to speak, from the studio. we got to go to break. Um, so I want to come back, talk about a few more topics really quickly, and then, and then bring Alan Kinek on. 
But before we do that, we've got to pay some bills here on Webmaster Radio. So this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beatsock SEO. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back with a bit more news and then with Alan Kinect after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. As you know, being an expert at f- What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f***? Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used <laughs> our tool to take their f*** performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh! Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. We're rocking the world with LinkedIn. Hey, it's Mike O'Neill and Lori Rock, the LinkedIn rock stars. We are ready to rock your world with LinkedIn. Join your fearless leaders, Mike and Lori, as they reveal insider secrets. Because I know the secrets, don't I, Mike? Chat with other LinkedIn gurus. We have, we have great guests on our show. Today is no exception at all. And answer your LinkedIn questions. All caps, Mountain Dew, comma space, all little letters, sleep. Rock the world with LinkedIn, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercial's off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. We are burning through time this week. We're having a great deal of fun here on Webcology. And according to the studio, we see that there's a lot of listeners who are listening in, but they're not joining in the chat room. So, uh, Sir Brasco, our fabulous producer, has asked me to ask you, if you're listening in, to join us in the chat room. Look at the top of the webmasterradio.fm page, click on chat. Type your name, your you know real name or a name that we can call you, such as SE Outlaw. Doesn't matter what, but um, just don't be a mib. Join us in the chat. We'd love to get your opinions as we're on the air. Um, we're going to be bringing our guest Alan Connect on in a few minutes, but there's a couple more things that we want to talk. We want to cover. 
I know there's a lot of gamers who listen to our show, and there's a lot of people who are really concerned about their Sony account um, having, well, one of the most massive information hacks in, uh, in Internet history take place in the last couple of weeks. You hear about this, Dave? Who who didn't? And I am a gamer, but I'm a, I'm a fortunately for me, I'm a PC gamer, not a not a console gamer. Um, well, so it didn't uh, it didn't in- impact me too negatively. But if you're involved in the game like uh, EverQuest, for instance, even if you're playing on PC, you still might have been caught up in this hack. Now, what happened was about two weeks ago, the Sony PlayStation Network went dead. No one knew why it went dead, except, of course, for the people at Sony. And the reason it went dead was because... Um, one of the reasons it went, it went, it went dead was... Well, like, the reason was Sony took it down. It took it down because they had been hacked. They reported that about 72 million user accounts had been compromised. And this includes name, address, and credit card information. Chilling stuff. Now, as the news story goes, while combing through lines and lines and lines and lines of code to try to figure out how this happened, and more importantly, who did it, they came across a three-word message. And that message was, we are legion. That's that's, That's the signature of the hacktivist group Anonymous. So, people whose personal and financial information may have, been, may have been compromised can breathe a little bit easier right now knowing that Anonymous tends to, tends not to, I should say, have commercial or, you know, il- uh, uh, financial illegal motives. What they did was illegal, but chances are they didn't do it for their own personal financial gain. Apparently, Sony went. Sony had been suing another hacker in court, and Anonymous wished to punish them for suing this hacker. So, again, just so people out there in Gameland know, um, I mean, like your financial information was compromised. Talk to your banks. Talk to your credit card companies. Protect yourself. But there's a good chance that, in reality, the folks from Anonymous don't care about your personal or financial information. They just want to embarrass the hell out of Sony, and and they did. So I want to get that out there. I know it's important to gamers. I want to cover that. Um, what else? What else? We have so much else. I think we should cover, as the last topic, I think we should cover a purely SEO thing. Now, Dave, you're a yep. SEO with a, with a great client base, so you're using Google Analytics frequently, eh? I love it. Yep. <laughs> a new feature that Google has introduced, which I am seriously loving, seriously, seriously gobbling this up, is the page speed tool. Now, we all know that loading time is an important factor in, uh, in search engine optimization and, and in Google's view of a website. It's also important because in, in the way users relate to a website. So the Google... Page Speed Tool, which is now part of the Google Analytics Suite, lets you measure your, your load speed of, of individual page or pages or documents within your website against a number of other metrics, including bounce rates, page views, exit percentages, and conversions. 
And one of my clients, is, 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 you know, I've, I've talked about these guys for a year now, is this absurdly massive e-com site. And I'm telling you, I'm loving this tool. I'm going to find it really interesting to see how um, Google uses this data, I think, and I, I'm sure you can agree, and I'm sure all of our listeners can agree. I can see enormous problems. Um, if they just went, hey, we, we, you know, we, we've got the page load speeds now, uh, let's all of a sudden factor that in, because we can all think of examples uh, where page load speeds would be slow, but data is coming in fast, where you know, there's, there's streaming videos and you know, uh, data coming in periodically, updates coming in, um, and depending technically how it's being done, um, this could be viewed as load times. I'm sure you've seen them. I've seen, I mean, we've all seen cases like this. Um, and, and I think it could be really, really dangerous on Google's part if there's just some slight glitch and it picks this data up wrong. Um, they could see otherwise fantastic sites um, getting penalized, um, you know, for, for having, you know, quote-unquote um, slow load times when, in fact, they're loading the data you know, that the user wants quickly. They're, they're just, you know, having to load more in the background. So um, I, I'm really, really – I mean, and Google's got to know this. We're not dealing with stupid people here. We're dealing with geniuses, so they've got to know this is there. I do find – I think it's going to be interesting to see um, how they use this data. I'm going to find it interesting to see if they use this data or if what they're doing is basically putting this out going, you know what, Jim, here you go. Now you go to your client and you tell them this is a problem. Um, and if Google just goes, you know, we're going to rely on, on, on user experience. If the users stay, it doesn't matter what the load time is, right? Obviously, they found what they were looking for. So, you know, off they'll go. And if they just rely on user data and go, we're going to provide this, now you guys fix that, and you're going to find that the user data we're collecting is more favorable if you do, um, that, then I think there's a, a lot less room for, for error. I mean, if Google just always relies on user data as the signal back, I mean, what better... If I'm willing to sit for half an hour while a page loads because it is so awesome, <laughs> well, that's I as a user have voted there, and I mean, you know, so there you go. I mean, I wouldn't, nor would you, but um, yeah, I, I think if, if they just went straight with using this data, though, there we were going to see some some collateral damage from some some fairly significant uh, significant properties. I agree. I, I agree. Um, you know, interestingly. Our guest, our guest who's coming up, Alan Kanek, I want to talk to him about Google Voice Search, and then we do got to talk to him about Google Voice Search, but he also happens to be a Google Analytics expert, so I'm going to bounce this off him and see, uh, see what his gut says. And, um, well, you know what? We're at the bottom of the hour. It's uh, 2.32 Eastern, uh, 11.32 Pacific, if you're listening live. Um, it's, the, it's whatever time if you're listening via podcast, but... It's about time that we bring our guest on, um, long-term SEO, long-term analytics, analytics master, and I apologize for the bit of a nepotistic flavor to this show. He also happens to be my business hey partner guys. at Digital Always Media. Alan Connect, welcome to Webcology. Hi, thank you for having me on. Well, you know, the, aside from the fact that you're a really cool guy and uh, you are... You know, as, as I just said earlier, an analytics master. Um, the reason I thought to invite you on today was an instant message you sent to me one, first thing this morning. Hey, Jim, are you using Google Voice Search? I reply, huh? 
I didn't think we introduced that yet. And you said, no, I'm seeing it. And so I got to tell you, I'm, I'm curious. Alan? Yeah, I'm here. Your experience with Google Voice Search. Okay, well, first of all, uh, I heard about it on Monday that it was coming through uh, Rusty Brick's uh, regular updates of what's happening at Google. And then, lo and behold, I go to do a search yesterday, and I see this little uh, microphone sitting at the right side of the Google search box. And I went, boy, that looks like the Google search box on my Android. And I had played with it on my Android for doing some searches. So I gave it a try. Beyond some technical difficulties with it, not my microphone not wanting to work with it directly and have to make some little modifications, it's proved quite interesting. You, I speak in a pretty clear, normal voice, much like I'm speaking right now. I obviously play some tests, and I say something, it does voice recognition, and then essentially types it out into the search box. The results are what you would get as if you had types. You get the you know, sweat the Google instant, the site's showing up immediately below based on your search criteria. Plus, you also get the Google suggests. So just in case what you said isn't typed out correctly, they have some interesting suggestions nearby, which if you start typing normally, you would have gotten different suggestions. So I found that was quite interesting. In other words, saying, we know we're not perfect, so here are things that come close. So if I did a search for Toronto... SEO, I got not bad type of uh, search results, but occasionally, uh, having did some tests since I was at the SMX conference last week, so I typed in SMX, uh, something like Jim Hedger at SMX, and it did not know what I was saying about SMX. It was actually trying to spell out SMX, so it's not perfect. You know, I love seeing you know E S S. Oh, great! So you got like a Jim Hedger sex search, did you? <laughs> right, you got it. M, you know, E M. You know, and X, it got pretty right. Uh, when it, I tested with a few, you know, family members' names and so forth, it, for the most part, messed up, obviously, last names. Having a last name like Connect, which has, gets spelt with a K, it didn't know what to make of what I was suggesting. Uh, one of the downsides, I wish it would have had an option to, you know, if I wanted to spell out a word. Because if I said spell, and I put my last name, you know, K apostrophe N E, I got spell K A Y, you know. But you know, if, if if any of us do a search for something that you might find, say, on about.com, we're going to get pictures of boots or something. You got it. <laughs> Actually, I did try about, and it did work. So it was compensating for accents. Uh, what I did notice from the app that runs on the Android is where you get – I was poking around. So you can – not quite the same selection, but there are language selections. So I am putting in, you know, like U.S. English, so it is pretty much knows what you're searching. So there is some configuration after you've done a search that you can play around a little bit with it. So it's interesting. It was fun. I really don't see, you know, obviously they're trying to save my, you know, little fingers from typing, but I still have to go and hit the enter key after it's put in the search results. So I still have to use my fingers and a keyboard at some point. But it was interesting. Uh, typing in some, you know, general search phrases did work, and it came pretty close on the correct spelling and so forth. So what, what kind of, I, what kind I, of way, user? By the way, I did get it only in Google Chrome, both logged in and not logged in. So I'll assume it had something to do with it. Probably set a cookie, but I looked for it in my instance of IE and my instance of Firefox, and it did not appear there. You know what? I'm an idiot. I can't. You, 
wow, I can't believe that I didn't think of that. See, I've been looking for it using Firefox, and I haven't seen it yet. Um, that's not going to send me rushing off to do a quick test with, with Chrome, although I might do that at our next commercial break. Um, wow, goofy. Uh, goofy, but goofy. I did, should have thought of that I, immediately. I did tweet it out uh, yesterday, and none of you know a handful of people who responded to my tweet said they were getting it. Now, you, do you know if these people were using Chrome or IE yes, or, uh, or Firefox? I did ask, and somebody checked all three and made sure they were on Google.com. On Google.ca, it does not appear. And again, you were, you've done this both signed in and signed out of your Google of your Google. Uh, I'm seeing it right now, and I'm not signed into my Google Chrome, so I'll assume it said a cookie. And it may have been that's, that's extremely interesting. Now, yeah. who do you think will be using this? Like, what, what, what is voice search for? I think this is going to be very handy as part of the global initiative for web accessibility. So people who have difficulty typing can, you know, maneuver a mouse, click on the microphone, and speak what they want to search. I think that is where it's going to come in very handy. Okay, I mean, it occurred to me that it comes in it comes in really handy for local search. Say you're um, now. You, you, you're not allowed to search while driving, friends. No matter how wired your car is, you're not allowed to use a cell phone while driving if you're holding the cell phone. But you are allowed to speak into a microphone while driving. Could yes. you see this being useful? Definitely. Uh, unfortunately, in my car, well, I, my car is one of those funky cars with all the built-in Bluetooth into the dashboard system. The Bluetooth only works with the phone functions. So, you know, dial basically, you know, dial a phone number. But I can definitely see while you're driving, or especially with these touch-sensitive screens, I, you know, I just got my you know touch-sensitive my uh, Android uh, a little over a week, about two weeks ago. It's a pain. I'm, I'm so not jealous. used to typing on the screen, so not a plug for that near the iPhone. So having the ability to push a button and say and because you're deaf, you know, speak faster than you can type on those devices, I think is also going to be very handy. So when you are walking around and you're looking for you know pizza. Pizza near, and you read the street corners. Hey, I think it's going to be a big, you know, sell on the mobile devices. Having it show up on my desktop, I see it purely from a web accessibility standpoint. Mind you, my 11-year-old, she thought it was the coolest thing when I demoed it to her last night. So she got to go to school and brag about it. So amazing! Wow. <laughs> now I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, I don't. I'm not sure how much we can flog on Google Voice Search until. We've all seen it in the environment and you know, done some tests with it. Uh, oh, I actually got one more question. Sure. Did you conduct a, vo- a voice search and then do the same keywords in uh, a text search? Yes, and I got a different suggest list. Different result set. Uh, Why no, is the, that? The result set was the same, but the suggest okay. list was different. How different and Why? Uh, different, as far as I could say, was it was trying to give me spelling alternatives. Okay. So it had a bit of an algorithm saying, we think this is what you meant, which in all but one instance was my top choice. But there were variations on what I had said and how you might have interpreted an accent or some words were in the suggest list. But the search results were identical. Yeah, Google come back, comes back with, you're searching for oot? Right. Um... Maybe you meant a boot, yes. <laughs> no, I'm searching for a boat. 
it's the old Wikipedia, you know. Um, it's, it's what we used to call Wikipedia before there was a Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit. As I said in your introduction, um, you're known in the industry as one of the analytics experts. You actually helped organize the analytics side of um, the SMX show last week in Toronto. Um, what do you think about Google's new page speed, page speed tool in Google Analytics? Well, it's this, from what I can see, it's exactly the same data that they were showing in the Webmaster Tools. But giving you a little bit more, you know, clarity. So they were collecting that information anyways and sharing it with people in the know who had access to webmaster tools. So from that okay. perspective, as well as this was the week for me getting Google betas, because I got finally got access to the new Google Analytics beta. So that's a whole other fun thing to start playing around with. I think it's as Google has stated and Microsoft more in a backhanded gesture, page load speeds is part of the algorithm. How much of a part, we don't know. So that's part of, for people who are in online search marketing, especially SEO side of my brain, I do look at things like page load speed. It's also user experience. And even if you're not an SEO, seeing page load speed does affect accessibility. And will and I think that is part of why they're adding it there. I remember years ago, from the days when we used log analyzers as opposed to the things like the JavaScript-based tracking mechanisms that everyone deploys now, we could actually see, sort of, if you were using a, a Microsoft IS server, you could see how long it took the server to respond because there was a timestamp from when the call was received to when the file was finally, you know, the call was executed. So you could, we've always wanted some aspect of understanding how the servers are performing. So I think it's a great thing now that we can actually see uh, the specifics within Google Analytics. Um, Alan, I'm going to ask you to stick around for a few minutes. We, I just got a message from the studio that we got to take another break. We are actually at uh, quarter two at the top of the hour. So, um, if, if again, if we could beg your patience to stick around for two minutes, we've got to take a break here on Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. Sure. So this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO. You're listening to Webcology on Webmaster Radio. It's Thursday the 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Friends, stay tuned. We're coming back with, well, 15 minutes of more great stuff after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Two, one, booster ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. 
Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T.com. On the road. On the boat. Working out. Or up in the air. To WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere. Look for WebmasterRadio.fm on TuneIn. Available for download on your iPhone, iPad, Blackberry, Android, Palm, Samsung, and Windows Phone, as well as Google TV, Yahoo TV, and Roku. Tune in to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere by downloading TuneIn right now. WebmasterRadio.fm. We really are everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, Brasco, is that like our new Secret to Vinyl music or something? I like that. Remember we did that for St. Patty's Day? I wanted the little <laughs> feel of it too, you know, huh? Uh, that was excellent, bro. I really enjoyed that. Before we jump back in, I just want to give a quick shout out to listener Pawan Kumar. Uh, an SEO in India who um, apparently is a big fan of, uh, of Webcology. Uh, brother, I'm sorry I can't talk to you right now on Skype, but I'm kind of busy doing uh, talking to the world on Skype. So, sorry, bro. We'll have to we'll have to chat later. Um, Alan, big event last week in Toronto, uh, SMX SMX Toronto. Yep, had a uh, fun time. What was uh, you were one of the organizers? What was your impressions? Uh, besides that, I was being run ragged, uh, covering up, moderating, speaking uh, sessions, and this this is a conference where they actually twin it with the eMetrics side, share some facilities and you know common showcase room. Uh, I think everybody was having a great time. We definitely took it up a level in terms of the quality of speakers over previous years. So we had a lot of the top people from I'd say from North America. Speaking at the uh, SMX side of the show, uh, over on the eMetrics side, we actually had some people coming from Europe who were giving various session addresses as well. So it was a ton of information. Everybody, I think, uh, you know, was uh, was feasting on enormous amounts of highly valuable information coming from the sessions. Well, yeah, it was a good show. I really enjoyed myself. I uh, the quality of the sessions was way high. Truly enjoyed that. So. Big hats off to you and to Andrea and to Chris Sherman and to everyone else who was involved in uh, in organizing SMX Toronto. The uh, the only low point of the show for me, and it, it wasn't even my low point, it was somebody else's, were those two poor fellas from that outsourcing company, um, that outsourcing company uh, Blurb Point in India, 
who had you know flown all the way over to set up a booth in uh, well, then I mean let's face it, the trade show floors at Canadian SEO conventions or SEM conventions are, don't always have the most action. And uh, I found out really bad for these two guys, but uh, I'm quite interested in, in what they do. And I think we're going to try to get them on as Webcology guests in the future. I'd love to talk about the state of the industry in India. Um, I guess a, a question to, to, to an organizer of a, of a major conference series, what do you guys do to try to please your vendors? Well, fortunately or unfortunately, I'm not involved in that end. Uh, I do help spread the word. I'm not in the sales end. But that's part of here in Toronto, which is a smaller show, which is, I think, part of why everybody had a great time. We had 250 registered attendees plus the speakers. So it's you know, a chance to get to know people on a very intimate basis. We had the e-metric side, which was a little over 400 people, by merging that. And basically, that's why you, you discover that uh, afternoon snacks were in the middle of the showcase room. So that's how we drove people into that area. And that's how you pease it. They... We are when we do it. We are honest that we're not getting. It's not a show where we're going to have five thousand people, and they know they're coming in for a limited audience. But they come in with a very direct message. I know a few of the vendors come year after year. Part of it is they are local based vendors who want to reach out. Other people find that they don't have to sell a lot to make it a valuable show. And if they have a very targeted audience, such as the metrics crowd. They will do really well to, you know, be there, get mind share, and so forth. So it depends on the purpose of the booth. But I've been to, and as you know, I, I've been to show and so have you, you know, where there's five, six thousand people, and when the show, you know, uh, the room opens up for the first 15, 20 minutes, everybody's in there, squished in, taking a quick look around, trying to grab all the cool swag, and then they're gone. <laughs> And that's the reality. Yeah, I thought it was Tamar who grabbed all the cool swag before I got to it. I, I always figured it was just Tamar Weinberg who got it all. Uh, I don't know about that, but I've seen Tamar give out some good swag from her booth in, over past years. Uh, What's called, it's it, called giving it back, Tamar. That's what, it's called giving it back. <laughs> and if you're listening to Tamar, we all love you. Uh, so it's you know, that's the thing. The vendors that tend to do the best at the shows are the ones who, and this is what they do at the eMetrics, they actually give some of the key vendors who are the premium sponsors a spotlight session where they get to showcase a tool or service and how it's applicable to that audience. Vendors who actually pony up and pay for that, despite attendees not liking vendor-sponsored sessions, when done right, they can be very valuable uh, not at this show, but I've seen at other shows, people like SEO Moz, Raven do sponsored sessions, and it works wonderfully for bringing in uh, people to understand the product, and then they show up at the booth and sign up. But if you're handing out a brochure and just want to talk about your service, it's purely a lead gen, and you need a good sales team that follows up afterwards, and experienced vendors know that. No, I, I'm going to jump in here with a with a question here. I, I mean, I know we know that, uh, that you know your your analytics, um, so I'm going to take us off on on just a, a slight tangent here. Um, as a Canadian, are, are the Sedins going to suck it all the way through the playoffs, or, or do you feel that they might pull it together statistically and actually start scoring for the Canucks? Uh, 
<laughs> hey, I'm I'm in Toronto. I, you know, in the, the city of perpetual hockey losers. You know, 1967 was the last time we won a Stanley Cup, and it's been like since the mid '70s since we actually put out a team of any quality. Uh, I know I'm gonna get you know hate mail, hate tweets from that one. Uh, no, it's just a per- real you know hockey you know slump playoff slumps. Hey, you, you know. But while they're on the ice, they're driving the other people still crazy. So let's, you know, as a Canadian, I have to root for the Canadian team, I guess. Uh, and since Jim's, uh, you know, uh, by, I don't, we're not, he's not by coastal, but he, because we're, tr- Toronto's not on the coast, but he's one coast and one sort of central location. So we'll root for Vancouver until they're gone. And that's hey, how hey, 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 watch your language there, buddy. Um, so they'll be gone in the finals. Isn't that when they ended after uh, winning it in six? I believe so. Yeah, you see, one of the nice things about about my life is I live in a bunch of cities at the same time, and I'm in Toronto today, and I'm Toronto's my hometown, so I'm a diehard Leafs fan, eh? But I also live in Victoria, so when the Canucks go all the way and hoist that cup, I'm going to be feeling Canuck pride right right there with you, Dave. Yeah, it's it's a tough one because again, going statistically here just for a minute, they're going to bite it at the last minute, and I cannot believe they're actually having problems against Nashville. Are you kidding me? Um, but uh, but that goalie is is just doing fantastic, and this is is truly a Canadian show, isn't it? With the conversation <laughs> taking this tangent, um, we we've just got a, a couple minutes left. Any any topics uh, we have missed that we should be chatting about before uh, we head out? Well, yeah, Chris Sherman at SMX uh, at his keynote was making hockey analogies. So, <laughs> did he get him right? He got him right. He's a big hockey fan, and as he says, he lives in Denver, where you know it's one of the few cities that has a team that sucks worse than the Leafs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm afraid on that note to all of our all of our fans in Denver. So sorry, friends, you just got compared to the Leafs. We're gonna have to leave it because, well, we're out of time. We're at the top of the hour. Um, friends, I want to remind you that you're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm, and you can listen to Webcology live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. You can listen to us on iTunes Radio pretty much anytime you want. You can download us from the uh, from from the iTunes archives, and you can download any podcast of Webcology or other fine webmasterradio.fm programming from the archives at webmasterradio.fm. Next week I'll be back on the West Coast. I really will. Um, I'm, you know, I'm mixing. I'm missing the Pixies shows that I actually have tickets to tonight because I have business to do in Toronto still. But it's okay. Business comes first, and so does time. And we're out of it. So, friends, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, thanking uh, Alan Kanek also from Digital Always Media, and on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, we want to wish you a great week. Stay safe. Have fun. Good rankings. Talk to you next week. 